everyone, this is Sherelle Jardine, and this is Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is a go-to for discovering new artists, as well, it's a place to hang out with our Canadian icons. I absolutely love, and it's my great pleasure to bring you the songs and stories of our world-class Canadian musicians. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget, from producing to recording and mixing. Contact Sheldon Zaharko at SheldonZaharko.com. Now, there's a lot that goes into running the station and its podcasts, and while we do bring it to you for free, we could use some support to keep running and growing. Any contributions, no matter how small, are appreciated. If you love the show and would like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, go to PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click on the top right where it says Contribute and become a patron of the station and Make a Scene Canada. Click on Become a Patron and then you have a few options. You can make a custom pledge and donate whatever you'd like or for as little as a buck a month, you can help keep the station and Make a Scene Canada rocking. You can also become an official sponsor of any one of our podcasts or online radio station. All the details are on the Contribute section as well. And you can always get in touch with us. Our email is pacificnorthwestradio at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put Make a Scene Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs. And you can find them all on pacificnorthwestradio.com. Find Make a Scene Canada back shows on Pacific Northwest Radio. Just click on the show icon on the homepage. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites, all waiting for you to discover. Right now, while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Megacene Canada. We also have a group page, Megacene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Don't forget to give Pacific Northwest Radio a like on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Northwest Radio. On the show, I'll be talking to Keith Hepler from Hot Lips, a band out of Toronto with a new single, Femicide. Run away like yesterday. Spill Magazine says it's pretty safe to say that there isn't much about these guys that isn't on fire. You're too kind. Keith, how did Hot Lips form? Um, the three of us came from separate bands in 2016. Um, Carly was actually a drummer first, um, and she wanted to get out front. And Alex had been tour managing my old band that I was touring with. And then I kind of realized that was coming to an end, and Carly was looking to start something up front. So her and I got together, and then once once we got together, we decided we wanted to do something a little bit differently. And I had been on tour with Alex previously, so I just asked him to, to come along and it was one of those things when we first jammed we kind of knew we had something worth worth pursuing you guys are amazing i i love your sound oh thank you and every band name has a story so how did you come up with hot lips <laughs> it's really anticlimactic <laughs> we were sort of carly just came up to us once i think she had it in the back of her head she's like no one's called hot lips and we we're like oh yeah that works okay because I think one of the one of the worst things, you know, is going back and forth for months trying to decide on something. Yeah. So it, I, I liked it. I thought it kind of fit the the sound and the vibe. So we were just like, yeah, let's go for it. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. And you are a three piece, as you uh, said. So can you give everybody's full names? Yeah. So it's Carly Forget or Forget. Okay. 
um, on keys, vocals, and Alex Black on bass, and he sometimes we let him sing. Mm. Uh, backups and Keith Hepler, myself on drums. Awesome. I want you to describe your music for our listeners. Now it says electro grunge on your bio, and you know a lot of people say, "Well, who do you sound like?" I I don't want to. I hate that question. Um, our infl- the, the common influences that we all had coming into it, like originally we were all really into like nineties alternative and electronics. So like nine inch nails and garbage metric are sort of the ones that we hear a lot. Awesome. I can't totally disagree with that. Oh, <laughs> I love those bands. Yeah. <laughs> um, nine inch nails has been one of my favorite bands for many years. Yeah, that's that's Alex's Alex, our bass player. He's responsible for all of the big, heavy sounds. That's 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 one of his his all time favorites. Okay, cool. Now the band formed in 2016, and you've already performed for supporting slots like Rob Zombie, Econoline Crush, Solo members, and other high profile acts. So, who was your favorite band to open for? Um, well, there is the time we didn't open for Marilyn Manson. We were it was the the. Twins of Chaos tour, and we were playing a side stage at the Amphitheater, and it was the I don't know if you remember it was a couple of years ago, but it was the the day he canceled. Like the stage was being set up, the the haze was going, and then right. it just canceled because he had the quote unquote flu. Oh man, yeah, you're like oh, just so close. <laughs> yeah, a Econ- Econ- Crush was a pretty cool one too because that was just that was just like from our like a, a big band for all three of us when we were growing up. So to get the call asking if we wanted to be on that show was pretty amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Was that the promoter that called you in on that one? It was the yeah, it was a, it was the guy booking the club. There was, yeah. It was a it was a small club called Cherry Colas uh, here in Toronto, and it, it was a, it was a really small intimate show. So it was great. We got to hang out with Trevor, and he was such a lovely guy. And it was just a great show. It was really cool to see him on like kind of a small venue like that. Oh, awesome. Now, I have a lot of artists that listen to the show and always love hearing about what other bands' road stories are. So can you share something that's happened to you guys, either, you know, together as Hot Lips or, you know, separately, something bizarre or strange or funny while you were gigging that kind of sticks out for you? We've been searched at the border. We, we Up until, of course, recently, we were playing mostly in the States. So we'd go down there for, you know, a couple days or a week or whatever. And crossing the border has always been a kind of an interesting um, so we were playing a festival in Wisconsin and we crossed over at Detroit and they pulled us out and they, they ripped the van apart. They went through all of our luggage and all of our gear. And when we came back, our van was just turned inside out. And they were like, yeah, pack up and off you go. Oh man. You're like, wait, <laughs> don't, yeah, was, don't look in that compartment. <laughs> no, we were, we were pretty, we were pretty, pretty good about that. But it was it, like, it's, you kind of feel like you're doing something wrong even if you're not every time you're crossing the border yeah I know. you know you just it's just really intimidating it's definitely not one of my favorite parts about about touring i think they they're trained to do that though they just want you to be scared so that you look guilty and then they're like okay everybody out of the van and yeah know. and the whole thing with the legalized the legalized marijuana here like everyone was just filling their heads full of nonsense about stuff they can ask us and mm-hmm. it was just it wasn't great but we got there and the festival was great it was our first big american festival so it was it was definitely worth the the you know i think the whole thing only took about two hours okay that's that's not too bad <laughs> and now i want to talk about the pandemic just a little bit so our industry has been decimated and we're hopeful with the new vaccines that we can actually get back to playing live again. How much do you miss that live playing and being in front of the audience? 
oh, like like crazy. Yeah. We were we were two days into uh I wanna say it eight, eighteen shows, something like that. We had two shows down and we had eighteen more to go and then we were supposed to we we were just about to like announce and uh, I was going to be our first na- uh, U.S. national tour as a support act. And it was going to be about, I think it was going to be about two and a half weeks. And so that got, all of those got just completely, they were going to be rescheduled and yeah. they were rescheduled again and they were canceled. And then we optimistically tried to book some stuff in like the summer, fall and that, like everything has fallen through. Everything. Like everything. So, um, you know, that's why it's so great that we got, just got to do that live stream. Um, because it was just really good to go out and play again. Yeah, no kidding. I've talked to a lot of artists about this pause in time, and I know for my band, we've been working on our new album. What have you guys been up to besides recording? Um, rehearsing, writing, uh, like rehearsing when we can. I mean, when the when they say like you can't get together, we're pretty diligent about that. Um, just working on building our social platforms, but not not as much as we'd like to, to be honest. It's hard to get your, you know, in this business, it's, it's in the best of times, it's not a great idea to get your expectations or hopes up. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays, that's, it applies even more, tenfold. Yeah, no kidding. You know, honestly, I think once this is over, people are going to be so supportive of live music. It's kind of like that old adage, you know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Oh, I know. That's the one thing that we keep saying is the one thing this year taught us is like, how much we took for granted. I think everyone took for granted and all of the, you know, the little complaints and annoyances we might've had. I mean, I experienced them all over again. If I could just get back to doing what, cause I've been, I've been, all three of us have been touring in bands since we were, you know, babies. Like just, yeah. Just old enough to, you know, not even old enough to drink. Yeah. So to have that kind of ripped away from us and everybody I know is in the same position. It's, it's really, really weird and disorienting. Yeah, it's absolutely that. I know when kind of the same as you guys, when March hit, we had about 25 shows lined up, festivals and other gigs throughout the year. And it just, we could see them crumbling one by one, getting the email, the next email. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it it was insane. And we, we, because we had spent the past two years in the States, we we finally secured like an American booking agent, which was a huge goal for us. And, you know, I think we signed, I think we signed the contract at like the end of February. Oh, that's just so unfair. (laughs) I know. So the the celebration was pretty short lived. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. Let's talk about your music. So your debut EP, American Hardcore, that was in 2017. And Mm -hmm. you got lots of airplay in Germany, the United States and the UK, in addition to domestic. Where did you record that album? Because we were like a new band and we didn't have any funding or backing, we actually were just doing it sort of one song at a time. So those that EP, I think there's three or four songs on it, that was recorded over three or four sessions. So when we would just go play shows and when we had enough money to go record a song, we would just go and record one song in a single day. And then we would just, then we go play more shows until we could afford it. And then that's how that, that's the story behind that EP. Okay, cool. But you have 10 songs on your webpage. Is that from just a, a series of the same type of thing? 
more or less, sometimes we'd be really ambitious and we do two or three over like a two day span. Yeah. But, um, but the, yeah, like the, when we were first time we ever, first time we ever recorded was American hardcore. And I just, I just called in a favor with a, a guy I'd worked with in some other bands and he hooked us up with some discounted studio time. Oh, cool. Is there a specific studio that you guys are always going into? No, recently we've been, one of the things we've been doing with our time off is we've been recording more stuff with a new producer, a guy named Brett Crothers, who's um, the lead singer and guitar player of a band called The Primitive Evolution. And he's also the bass player in a, in a band called The Birthday Massacre. And he has a studio that's actually like a 10-minute walk from my house. So we've been doing um, we've been doing a lot of stuff out of there since this pandemic hit. Okay. And I love it because I can just walk there and home. Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty It's pretty great. So who writes the songs? Carly. Oh, she writes all the songs. Awesome. Yeah, she comes, she she gives us, because she plays drums, she plays bass, she plays keys. So she'll give us a, like, um, a demo, a rough demo. And then sometimes she'll be like, could you guys stick to the script? So a lot of the times it's a little bit more open to interpretation, but she comes with the basic framework of everything. Yeah. Okay. So, and then you guys get together and, and just kind of suss and it just out. And arrange it, hash it out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now you got in touch with me to introduce me to your new single that is, uh, just came out January 21st called Femicide. And mm-hmm. it's about the history of residential schools in Canada, which is cultural genocide. What inspired yeah. you, well, I guess, what inspired Carly to write the song and address our history, one of the most darkest, most troubling chapters in our collective history? Well, Carly's for part First Nations. I don't, I'm not sure the exact, like what her exact lineage is. I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent, but it's just something we talk about, you know, sometimes from time to time in the van. And we were just always like totally miffed how we were never taught it in schools. Mm-hmm. Like the, that whole that whole atrocity never really came into my never really came into like my sight until I was you know a young adult, mm-hmm. which is crazy when oh, you think about it. No kidding. So we wanted to do we wanted to get away from like the kind of videos that we were doing. We wanted to do something that was like one hundred percent one hundred percent narrative based, and that like we weren't in. And we thought like we thought why not? Let's like it's it's kind of a I guess some of the images in the video are kind of harsh, but I mean, the story is too, right? So we didn't really want to, we don't want to sugarcoat it at all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to actually quote Carly, if, if you don't mind. Um, she said, we wanted to raise awareness about Indigenous rights and to tell a story. We aren't taught in school, just as you were saying. Although the images and the story of the video can be difficult to watch, we wanted to do our part to bring this to the foreground. It's a really powerful uh, video. Oh, my God. Um, once again, where did you record that track? Was that with the uh, producer that you just mentioned? No, we recorded that with our friend John Drew in... Probably about, about just uh, just under a year ago, last February, at his studio, Torres Studio. And uh, if you if you just quickly Google John Drew, he's got quite a quite an impressive resume, and we're just a huge fan of his production style. And Carly and I just sort of became friends. I forget how we even. I'd worked with him previously a couple years before, but uh, Carly and I just ended up going over the studio a couple nights to have some beers, and we sort of decided, hey, let's work together. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, did any other musicians play on the tr- on the song? No, no. Everything, everything that we've ever recorded has been one hundred percent just the three of us. It sounds like a lot more. It's amazing. We're multi-tracking, yeah. and Alex, Alex, 
Alex, the way he has his, his bass set up, I mean, we get a pretty, pretty mighty sound. Yeah. Wow. So the video, as I mentioned, absolutely rocks. I love how it's in red. You know, yeah. I think that you guys did a really good job of marrying the song with the visual and creating this really powerful message. Some credit to that, or a lot of credit to that. There's a there's a guy named Ryan Bro um, who has a company here in Toronto called Zebra Media, who we've done every one of our videos with, and he's uh, he's just a genius. He he really he really takes our audio and has a really good visual representation of it. Amazing. So I, I really want to thank you for using your platform to address this topic, because like you said, we were never taught this in school. It's just, it's such a dark secret almost, you know, that they've just buried. So this, this yeah. message is amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that, it, I mean, it's got, something's got to change. And I hope that we can just do our own. We're just trying to do our, our little part in it all to raise some awareness. Okay, cool. I'm going to actually play Femicide after our interview and because I think it's a really important song and message that people need to hear. Now, how can people find you on social media? You know, the best way is just hotlipstoronto.com and that'll take you to all of our social platforms. So that'll direct you to our Instagram, um, our Facebook, our Spotify. Cool. Now, but we're not on Twitter. We're not on Twitter. You're not on Twitter. That's okay. No. <laughs> you can't do it all. I know. And we're, we're, yeah, we're just, there's too many. There's too many. We're not on TikTok. We're not on Twitter. We're just like, we'll do Instagram. We'll do Facebook. Yeah. So if someone else wants to, you know, run our Twitter account for us, you know, send me an email. Oh, there you go. That's a great (laughs) call out. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I want to find out a little bit more about you. So you said that, you know, you, you started off really early. What were your first bands? Um, the first real band I was ever in was a a band called Saigon Hookers when I was, when I was young. Um, I played in a band called Secret Broadcast, which we we just disbanded, but we we had a little bit a little bit of success in Canada. And then I was the touring drummer for a band called Die Mannequin right before um, Hot Lips started. Okay, cool. So you've been you've been in the scene for quite a while. Um, what advice can you give to artists that are up and coming in the scene right now? Um, you know, not withstanding the pandemic, but just you know, some good advice. What I well, what I used to would say would be you know, get out and play live as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say because the, the industry changes so much every year. I mean, I really started doing this pretty seriously when uh, 2008, 2009. And every year it, the industry is just in a crazy state of flux. But I think if you focus on songs, focus on writing good songs, that's that's the most important thing. And I think anyone who's ever been a musician or been in a band's um, beyond a hobby level has probably heard that a hundred times. And it's really true. You just focus on writing great songs and that's what the world needs is more great songs. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on Make a Scene Canada. Uh, I wish well, you thanks so much for having all us. success and, and, uh, you know, with the new song and, and more new songs to come. I'm sure you guys have tons already in the bank, ready to go. We, we are getting ready to release some new stuff coming up pretty shortly. Yeah. We just can't sit still. It's not really in our nature. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. So yeah, definitely um, keep safe, be well, and we will talk to you soon. You too. Thank you so much.
That was Femicide by Hot Lips. Go to their website, hotlipstoronto.com, to find out how to keep in touch with the band and purchase their music. Once again, thank you so much, Keith, for taking the time to be on Make a Scene Canada. And that's the show. I'm always so grateful to share our Canadian artists and their music with you. Leave Pacific Northwest Radio on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find my past shows on demand. Click the Make a Scene Canada icon on the homepage of Pacific Northwest Radio. As well, you can find Make a Scene Canada on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites that you can subscribe to. It is all there waiting for you to discover. Big shout out to my Make a Scene sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at SheldonZaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band Stone Poets, recorded with Sheldon. You can hear more Stone Poets at stonepoets.ca. And if you want to check out my harder side, go to head at headmusic.ca. You can also find me at shereljardine.ca. Please get in touch because I love hearing from you. Now take a few minutes out of your day and share artists and make us in Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. Signing off now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, let's make a scene, Canada. Fly faster than the earth is turning. You feel the burning when you're too close to the sun. Feels better if you just start falling. The air is calling you to run away, run away. the truth Time is slowly ticking Feels better if it just stopped falling The air is calling you to run